The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the panel discussion. Your home for comic and pop culture talk every single week right here on the network at bicbp-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and alongside me, as always, Baron. Baron, Baron, are you here today? <laughs> there he is. Oh, the lolly golly, what a day. Do you know why it's such a great day, Mr. Matthew? Why is that? Mm. Oh, we are. We don't have the preposterous ponderings of that petulant porcupine Jones. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. He's Two not- weeks. He's scared of my my theatrics, my come hither, come hither. I put him right in his place, and his place is where he is staying. What say you, Matthew? <laughs> Rhymes. <laughs> wow, Baron, you're on fire tonight. Yeah, you're fired up, man. Like it's it's. Isn't it like your nap time almost? It's mm, downtime. Muppets never nap, you see. Always working, always pondering, always scheming. Really? You don't get tired? Never. I have no eyelids, you see. Must be nice. Do not have them. You P- ever see a... Puppet privilege. Yes. Always awake. Always watching and watching and wondering and pondering and scheming. Scheming for porcupine jones. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Schmitty, how are you doing today? Oh, yeah, I'm I'm good, Baron. Thank you. Um, I'm sorry your uh, your dueling partner is not here tonight. Uh, probably have a nice tame episode. That's not a bad thing, though. It's not bad. It'll be nice and clean. Yeah, I'm sure. Clean cut. Um, you know, we won't have any arguments. I I would think. Um, so yeah, I, I'm doing good. Um, yeah, good day, good week. Um, not a whole lot of excitement, but we've had some good weather. Finally got my yeah weather uh, cool off finally yeah I can sleep with my shorts on again it's wonderful it's wonderful yeah it's been nice though it's been nice yeah not bad got not a bad. lot of content that we could watch some good comic books got released um, I had like a backlog of comics I had to read so I, I kind of blazed through those oh, good. Um, anything good yeah uh, I'm actually going to share one today Batman eighty nine one of six I seen that popping up uh, I honestly wasn't going to get it. Uh, the one shop I go to, if you buy four comics, they give you the fifth one free. Oh, no kidding. And I had four, and I'm like, eh, do I get it? And then uh, I flipped through it, and the the uh, clincher was they have Billy D. Williams in there as Harvey Dent. And I'm oh, like, do that. sign me up. I'm getting it. Do, do you have those sleeves, or do you get them, they put the sleeves in for you? I buy these separately. Okay. Um, I think they're like 10 cents for a baggie and a board. Oh, no kidding. 10 cents a piece. That's not bad. So... That's a good price. That's yeah. a good price. Uh, we have plenty to talk about today. This week we can talk about Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Our spoiler uh, veil has been lifted. We waited a week. It's your fault. We waited a week. It's on you if you haven't seen it yet. Pretty much. So, I guess, yeah, I guess we start off with that aspect of it, and then we can go into our regular news and stuff. Um, so, Suicide Squad. 
we did say that we liked it a lot. I yeah. Uh, Last I, week I put it. I said it was better than the first. Okay. Have you rewatched it? I have not rewatched it. Okay. I, I've watched. Uh, I've kind of put it on the background because it's like one of those movies, like kind of like Guardians. The soundtrack's amazing. The dialogue's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's one of those movies I feel obviously you know without earshot of my kids, but I'll put that thing on, and I can just do stuff and have it on in the background. And I've only seen it like twice. Sit down, watched it, but I feel like I can mentally image what is going on as I just listen to it. Right, right. So that's a good. That you're so you're at a good point. Now I I watched. I got in a kick of watching uh, Signs this weekend. Mm. Mel Gibson Signs. Uh, Gi- uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. When it was like first big roles, I think. Uh, I watched that over and over again. The water. The water. Oh my goodness. Swing away, Meryl. Swing away. I tell you, <laughs> it's a good movie. But yes, yeah, so the Suicide Squad. I I, I loved it. Um, I thought they did a very good job of again explaining these characters, giving these characters a little bit of background. Like the beginning was, you know, Michael Rooker. Um, his character. I don't even know what his character's name was, but uh, oh, Savant. Uh, Savant. That's yeah, what it was. I mean, it was a great bait and switch. They 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 start building him up like he's this badass, take no nonsense, just get shit done kind of character. And then even when the mission starts, you know, Weasel jumps out. I thought that was kind of a, a funny gag. I love Weasel. Yeah, it's like, did anybody check to see if this fucking guy could swim? And, you know, he can't. So Savan actually goes back and saves him, Yeah, oddly enough. Brings it back to the water. Yeah, uh, one of my friends pointed out something kind of, kind of cute. They're like, that was nice because it's Yondu saving Kraglin. Yeah, it is. Because Michael Roker plays Yeah, Yondu that's and, right. I forgot. And uh, Sean Gunn plays Weasel, who also plays Kraglin. So I thought that that was, uh, that was a nice little, oh, my God, that's probably a little inside joke a little, there. Oh, I'm sure it was. I'm but, sure it uh, was. Yeah, he looked like he was going to be this brave, uh, kick-ass character, and then shit starts hitting the fan. I did not expect, like, right out of the gate, you lose fucking Pete Davidson's character. Yeah, I half expected it. Not right away. Not right away, but I was like, these guys can't all be, like, main feature guys. No, but I thought we'd at least get, like, they kind of did it backwards, where they gave you the death, and then they gave you the backstory of, like, the team assembling. Yeah. But, yeah, right off the bat, uh, like, Javelin dies, fucking... TDK. Was it TDK? Yeah, TDK, the the detachable kid, uh, who was just fucking useless, which was hilarious. (laughs) It was was funny just watching, yeah. Yeah, like, I I love, like... (laughs) He's just, like, throwing his arms. As soon as they, like, hit... As soon as, like, he detaches his arms and he's, like, he's, like, slapping the guys, the fucking army guys, I, all I could picture was, like, the guy in the sound editing room with, like, a piece of ham just. Because, <laughs> like, it just sounded so, like, the sound editing was so over the top. Um, same thing when, like, Harley's trying to wake up Javelin. Oh, like, those yeah. slap noises were just, like, some guy slapping a piece of beef into the microphone. <laughs> I'm sure I can't imagine the amount of fun that James Gunn had with this movie. Like these characters, these ridiculous characters. Oh, for sure, for powers sure, and all that. But, but yeah, yeah, that was, and then Boomerang. Like I did not expect. They just, I was sad about they Captain killed Boomerang. Boomerang off like fucking nothing. Um, I actually didn't think it was the. I didn't even think it was. Um, I didn't even think it was Jai Courtney at first because he, he just yeah. sounded different. He was, he looked different. I was like, oh, they just mailed in some actor. No, that was him. Yeah, but it was him. Yeah, yeah, I did look it up after. But yeah. You know, for Captain Boomerang, he was one of the mo- the best characters in that first one. To kill yeah. him off like that, I would have liked to see him play a major role. I'm not sure what the deal was. I don't know if they were trying to, you know, start this off tragic by killing him off. I but- think they just wanted to distance themselves from the first one. But 
I mean, like, I think we talked about last week, like, they did themselves a disservice because people didn't know if it was a reboot, if it was a sequel. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it was kind of like uh, The Force Awakens. It's a sequel slash reboot slash redo uh, all in one, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they um, like I said, it was, a, they did an okay, like, thing of, of kind of, like, looking past the first one, but still, I would have, like, I would have liked a little bit more, a um, little bit more connection with that. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of Bloodsport? I liked him a lot. I liked the character a lot. I liked his arc a lot. I liked him better than Will Smith's character. He just well, Will Smith's character just came off as too preachy, where Bloodsport just came off more genuine. Um, yeah, yeah. I liked his character a lot more. I mean, the dialogue was witty. Um, I liked the dynamic between him and Peacemaker. Um, <laughs> the dialogue between those two was great. Um, yeah, I I I don't think there was a character that. I didn't like that I was supposed to like. You know, does that make sense? I, I think so. Yeah, like all the characters, like if I didn't like them, it's because I, I wasn't supposed to like them in the movie. Yeah, yeah, like some of the quick ones, yeah. uh, the quick death ones. No, I agree, because like the, the, suicide, the first Suicide Squad team, I, there was a lot that I didn't care about. I didn't care for Katana. Uh, that I think that was her name, right? The girl with the, the Katana, and she had like the... Yeah. yeah. I didn't care for her. I didn't care for Enchantress. Well, they gave those those characters like nothing to go on. Like, right. They were very minor, like yeah. just very minor roles. Killer I, Croc was just dumb, I thought, in yeah. that movie. Um, yeah. I mean, the only characters that I really actually liked. I did like Katana just visually, but character-wise, there was nothing there. It Not was a whole just lot. Like, no. No, it was, there it was, was nothing there. It was very um, strange. But yeah, Harley Quinn and... Boomerang were really like the only two characters that I liked in the first movie. Yeah, that was it. I didn't hate Rick Flag, uh, eh. but he's he's such a generic character. I felt like he was brought down by the ridiculousness of Enchantress because that was like his whole his whole motivation, right? Was to save her. So yeah, yeah, he was another one who I thought they changed actors, but he just went clean shaven. Um, but you know, I, I've I've read a couple books. Like Rick Flag to me is the you know the comic book face of the Suicide Squad. Yeah. So I was a little sad. like it was kind of like I was kind of a little sad when uh, when they killed when he got killed off by Peacemaker. That betrayal thing was. I, I'm curious to see uh, how they they kind of redeem Peacemaker and make him like a likable character in his own show because he's kind of like he's he's kind of a likable dick, but like. <laughs> Still, but after like, that, right after after the way his yeah. it kind of ended, I, it's probably going to end up being one of those anti-hero kind of shows. Yeah, uh, it's, it's I mean, definitely not going to be a uh, a John Cena, you know, babyface no, peacekeeper. No, but I mean, he did. I mean, he even said it earlier. He's like, I'd I'd kill, I'd kill so many people just for peace's sake. Yeah, which I mean, yeah, Rick Flag. He he begged him to, to to like go down. Like, hey man, don't don't do this. Right. Because I don't want to do this, but you're going to make me do this. Um, so I thought that was an interesting uh, dynamic, but I'm not sure where they're going to go with that character. In the, in the, did you see the deleted scene? Or not deleted scene, but the, the, post-credit. the post-credit scene? Yeah, because I was getting really worried. I'm like, well, it's not gonna really be, worried. I thought it was going to be a prequel. I'm like, are they going to fucking do a prequel Yeah, series? that's 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 what I was kind of leaning towards, too. And I'm like, man, he, he's alive? And all that rubble? How did you, like... It was, but I, I like it's the it. helmet. It's helmet the helmet did it, right? Yeah. So I, I'm liking what they're doing. I thought this was honestly. I thought this was John Cena's breakout role. I, I've no. seen a lot of John Cena movies. I don't hate any of them. 
I don't hate any of them. Yeah. But to me, this was, I really got to see John Cena be um, John Cena in this one. Like, I really got to see him be uh, versatile. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, 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 what I like about Batista as an actor, I got to see that a little bit with John Cena in this role. I I feel he might fall into a typecast type of situation, though. What, the superhero type? Not the, no, superhero, not the superhero type, but, the, but like the, the kind... You could tell he's trying to be like a Ryan Reynolds slash... Um, just like a wisecracky action yeah, hero. Right. Like, I, I feel like he might start going down that typecast rabbit hole. But, I, I mean, if you could keep it working, I mean, like, Ryan Reynolds, like, free guys just killing it. Just I heard it's doing it. very well. I do got to see that yet. Um, I do want to see that very bad. Yeah. Is that theater only? Yes. Theater only? Okay. Theater only for that one. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so Cena did really good. I was very happy to see him, you know, uh, <laughs> you see what I did there? See him? Uh, I was very happy to see him kind of get that spotlight because there's been, you know, there, he's been made a lot of appearances in movies where he's just kind of been like a side character. Uh, you know, that he was a main, fe- you know, featured part of the team. Yeah. For the entire movie. Oh, for sure. For and sure. And that was, that made I me. I would give him top three billing for sure. Like after oh, Alpha yeah. and Margot Robbie, it's him for sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, he uh, you know, he was just such a go- he was like that high school like jock tool dude like when King Shark was going to eat Ratcatcher who was a, you know absolute oh, yeah, superstar great, in this yeah. movie too. Um, he shows up in his boxers. Oh, those are tidy whiteies. Those are <laughs> not tidy whiteies. Tidy, okay, tidy whiteies. How many? How much fruit did they smuggle down his fucking pants <laughs> in that scene? Jesus. Yeah, it, it was, was like a zucchini and a fucking cucumber. <laughs> he might be that big. Who knows? No, come, that's. Then I feel bad for any woman that's laid with him. <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, one-eyed monster. <laughs> he was good, and I love King Shark too. I know they dumped him down a lot, but King Shark to me was was done. I think the only really appropriate way you could for a live-action film. I think I don't. I don't think I would have cared because if if they would have made King Shark a serious character, they would have. There would have been. Um, excuse me. There would have been. Like comparisons to Killer Croc, I think. Yeah, I feel too by making him the way he is, as far as the the mental capacity. Then you're required to bring him along for the ride and more of the situations, um, which then in turn I'm sure would just kick the budget up like crazy because of the the CGI rendering and everything. So with this way, with him being like mentally stunted, you can leave him behind. And then like we along. try to put on a mustache. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look like the same guy, man. Peacekeeper. Just to, and, and Stallone had the perfect voice for it. Oh, for sure. He did yeah. it so good. I love the scene where, like, I mean, I'm jumping ahead here, but like where he's in the aquarium. New friend, oh. <laughs> and, and he's like just bat- running, yeah. and they all end up attacking him. Yeah. Oh, that was so good, <laughs> so good. We were laying in bed watching that movie, and my wife just started laughing. Like she was just so happy, making friends. Yeah, they started attacking. He goes, ah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so good. I thought Starro was fucking awesome. I did not. Yeah, I I didn't know no. Excuse me, I didn't know where they were going with that. You know, with that character, who was going to be the main villain? So, but good. that was very very cool. That was amazing. I know originally, like James Gunn wanted Superman in the movie at some point. Yeah, like he he toyed with the idea of like the Justice League actually coming down and trying to fight Starro, and whoop, they get fucking Starro. Like they they get he gets mind him, yeah. control. Yeah, 
and then the squad actually fighting Superman under Starro's control. That would have been cool. It's, yeah, there's unfortunately not enough. Uh, It'd be a great way to get around the whole Henry Cavill. They don't have his likeness, you know what I mean? Right. They could just have some, like, show him from back, the the back. Yeah, just have him fly. And then the fucking star. Kind of like they did it with Shazam. Just, yeah. Just, you know. It's... But then, the, like, as soon as that star is on his face, he could turn around and do whatever the fuck he wants. Right. Because that would have been, that would have been kind of cool. <laughs> that would have been cool. I would have liked that. It would have definitely added another layer to it. But, yes, this, the concept of Star was really cool. And, uh, yeah, the final battle was, was, was really neat. But... Yeah, Ratcatcher looked really cool, too. I'm not super familiar with the Ratcatcher character. Neither am I. It was just, in my mind, I'm just like, it's a female Rat King from the Ninja Turtles. Right, right. Because same kind of thing, just controls rats. Yeah. So. Um, but, but yeah, I thought I thought that was, well, you know, she would, she came off, you know, pretty cool. And uh, I was just happy top to bottom. I don't, I don't think this movie needed Harley Quinn. I don't think it needed her. But I think they want, obviously, she's the star of DC right now. She's the most, yeah, well, she's the consistent I mean, face. I don't know just for works. how much longer. Uh, she, she said she's taking a break. Yeah, she says it's very uh, taxing to get into the mode of that character, which I don't blame her. It's a very high, high energy character. Yeah. And, I mean, after Suicide, I mean, Suicide Squad came out in what, 16? 16 or 17. And then Emancipation of the one Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey was what? Two thousand. It was twenty. I think it was twenty. 20? It was right before was it? COVID yeah. in February. Yeah. So twenty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That did come out. So like. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's a lot. Her back probably hurts. Yeah, she's been carrying the franchise. Um, and uh, does it does it bother you at all that this movie's not making a lot of uh, money? Profit? Yes. Yes, it hundred percent does. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with the HBO Max thing. That's the weirdest thing. Like, yeah. obviously, we all know that you know. Hollywood is a business, and it's all about making money. Uh, but all, I mean, right? Wonder Woman didn't do good either. I mean, it wasn't as good, nearly as good of a movie. No. But the HBO Max thing—that's hard to. I mean, you can count for streams and stuff, but how is the payout going for those films? Like, what yeah. are they taking from everybody's account? HBO Max accounts are not very special. No, they're not. They're not expensive. You know how do you what, how do you determine yeah, what I mean, percentage it's, you it's take less away from than it? Netflix? Yeah. How do you determine what what to take away from HBO Max? Yeah, you know that's so that's why I, I understood. You know, we we had that conversation I think back in January or no, it was probably November December last year about you know some of the people pissed about the big time directors mad about these movies coming out on streaming service. You know, despite you know with COVID going on and all that, but you know that's it, it, it's definitely going to hurt the numbers. Yeah. Why would I go to the movie theater? Like like I said last. Well, now it was two weekends ago. Um, you know, I went to I went to the drive-in to see D- Jungle Cruise. I had a choice. You know, my parents were, you know, what do you want to go see? You know, everybody we discussed, and we're like, we can literally watch Suicide Squad at home. Let's just go see Jungle Cruise because Jungle Cruise you got to pay extra for anyway, so you might as well make it an experience. Yeah. Why would I? Why would I pay extra? You know, to go see? Why would I pay to watch Suicide Squad when I can just watch it from the comfort of home? It seems like the only movie that I've that I can think of that I've heard. That has made a successful box office return that's been on HBO Max was Kong versus Godzilla, and that makes sense to me because that's the timing. Like, well, not even the timing. That's just I if I that was a movie I'd want to see on the big screen because it's fucking huge. Yes, monsters. that's true. It's, it's huge in scope and scale. Whereas like Wonder Woman eighty four, um, Mortal Kombat, um, 
Suicide Squad. They're more smaller in scale. Yeah. They're more, you know, just personal characters. They're not Right. It's a confined thing. Right. I I see what you're saying. It's not a monster clash epic. Right. Um, My huge concern is I'm I'm scared for the the future of Dune because I don't think that's going to make a lot of money. Are they doing HBO Max for that, too? Yes, they are. Oh, boy. Yeah, and that's I'm going to be guilty, cause... too. Like, I'm probably not going to see that in theaters because I think it's fucking like three hours long. No, nah, screw that. It's got that. a huge budget. Yeah. Uh, cast looks great. Trailer looks great. But I just... It, and it's supposed to be the first in a ten-pole franchise. And if this doesn't do well, they're not going to get it. I I really feel like it's going to not do well. Yeah, it is. I mean, that that's the that's the big drawback to this, right? Is that... You know, it's not a big, it's not a major friend. I mean, Dune is a pretty, you know, has its lore, it has its history, yeah. has its following, but it's not a superhero film. So it's it, it's it, it's not. I don't think it. You know, you might not get those success, those sequel films after that because because of that. You yeah. know, if it's not making a lot of money, it, it, it's one of those things that are not. They're not. It's not going to do well in both. Yeah, it's either going to do well in the theaters or it's going to do well at home, and more likely than not, it's going to do well at home. You know, it, people aren't, aren't going to be. Cl- Crawl into the movie theaters to go pay for this thing. Yeah. So, um, and I know, I know you and 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 Mike are big fans of uh, the Dune franchise. I'm not super familiar with it. I'm aware I'm, of I'm it. I'm not. I'm I'm familiar with it in the aspect that a lot of like movies that have already come out like have borrowed from these books. Um, and it's the the books are great. It just it. I want something fresh, something new, something different that has like that's not a reboot, prequel, sequel. I mean, technically, Dune's a reboot because they did make that first film, but that first film was nothing like what the books were. It was so bad that the director wanted his name taken off of it. Right. So I just want—I don't even count that. I just want you know something that's new, that's fresh, that's something that has legs behind it that could possibly tell stories for many years over time. So um, just something different, you know. It's as much as I love comic book movies, I'd like variety. In my cinema experience, oh, wholeheartedly, I, I I certainly agree. Yeah, I don't want I don't want it to go like the the way of the western where it was like popular and then there's just an over influx yeah. and and then nothing. and then there's no interest. It's been like that with a lot of movies, uh, pirate movies, same thing. There's one like they were considered box office poison for decades by stu- uh, by movie studios until Caribbean came out, right? Um, but and that's really only been the only successful one, box office wise. That's true. That no. is true. So, yeah, you got to be careful. You got the superhero movie. I think for, realm has to be just delicately handled. So, I, while we're kind of on the subject, I wanted to ask you: um, with Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings coming out soon in September, yep. are you excited for it? Or are you kind of mundane about it? I'm mundane, and it's it's Cause, more cause so reviews are coming in now. Yeah. Um, it's more so because I'm not familiar with the character. I've never heard yep. of this character until they announced that they were coming out with the movie for it. Okay. Um, Which I feel like that's probably 90 to 95% of the population. Right. I'm going to go see it. I mean, my wife's excited for it. She's, I don't know, she knows all these weird, like, just strange characters that, you know, randomly come out. But, um, but I did, you know, I did go see Guardians. Like, I, yeah. did, I did go see Guardians. I, and I, I did, I only knew of Rocket and Drax. But they did such a great job of marketing that movie. Oh, they did that. Like, I was, I was, I was like, I felt like a kid going to watch a new Star Wars movie when that movie hit. Yeah, I was so excited. I, didn't know and I what knew much about. Shoot. Yeah, they because they, they had the music. They, um, 
can't stop this feeling and stuff yeah. with the marketing. But I didn't know what to expect from it. It ended up being way better than I when than I remembered. It was oh, it was it was yeah, good time of my life when that movie came out. Well, hard time when it when it came out, but it like brightened up my life for a little bit. That's how much like that movie means to me. But um, but yeah, so like Shang Chi, I'm 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 really not sure what to take because there's no. Uh, I mean, the only really MCU tie-in character that I've seen so far, not that it needs it, is Abomination. See, I uh, I kind of I, I made a mistake of clicking on uh, an article where oh, it said no. character coming back for Shang Chi, and I just assumed it was Abomination. They were going to talk about the Abomination character coming back. Yeah, and it was not Abomination. It That's a- not him. Well, no, it is him. Oh, okay. But the character they were talking about in this article was not Abomination. Oh. So I'm not obviously going to say, but after reading it... Do you think it's true? What? The, what what this article said? Yes. Okay. Um, because the actor has been seen at screenings of the movie, and people have seen the movie... And uh, I, it made me want to see this movie more. I'm Finally. just going to say that. Ben Affleck as Daredevil is coming back. It's coming back, Finally. baby. Finally. So it is a character that was used that is coming back. And it made me excited for the movie that much more. Does it? Okay. Yeah. So I have no idea. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm going to see it no matter what. Um, me and my wife, that's our that's our thing. Superhero movies, That's it's always been our no matter what we're doing, no matter how busy we are, we stop and we go see a superhero movie yeah. opening weekend. I'm I'm going to Black Widow is going to be the only movie that in the MCU that I probably that I didn't see in theaters. I'm going to keep that going. I'm going to see because Shang Chi they're not putting on Disney Plus, right? As they they should. Yeah, they should. So you got to go see that. Well, they don't want to piss off any more actors. No. <laughs> yeah. They're, I heard they're not even talking to Scar Joe. They're not, like they, they they are. I don't know because this. I read it's an a messy article. Situation. It's very messy. Because they just locked down Emma Stone for Cruella too. I'm sure they gave her some back end to to kind of make up for it, so she doesn't sue. Right. Yeah, I, I seen that. She, they, they said they've broken off all communication with her. Like her. Well, because yeah, it's a legal battle. It makes oh, yeah. sense. No, it's bad. Wanna, I mean, it could be rest- it, it could be restored at some yeah. point. But um, but yeah, it's it's that, that's that's a whole mess of situation. So, but yeah, so Suicide Squad, great, great, great movie. That was our little spoiler. Um, good. Just direction. I laughed the entire time. Yeah, it was just I a guess... fun, fun watch. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Favorite character? Oh man, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, my instant instinct is is King Shark, but I I, I was also I want to give some love to Poe. We didn't give any love to Polka, Polka Dot, Dot Man. Man. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I think Polka Dot Man's my uh, my favorite. I just loved. I love the reoccurring gag of them. like the one scene where oh, they... seen his mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like the the way that he initially brought it up, <laughs> it's like you, you so you just throw polka dots and discredit they you polka dots just disintegrate people. Yeah. Well, if I don't want to kill people, then I look at my mom. I picture him as my mom, and then that's okay. And they like they're like, well, that's too much information. And they don't <laughs> talk about it again. They just casually kind of bring it up, and then like later they obviously reveal it. But the other line that had me rolling was when they killed. That the the help like the resistance force yeah they go and they wipe them all out yeah and then like they're like we didn't see anybody we didn't see anybody, we didn't see anybody I just pictured him as my mom and then I just killed them all <laughs> I mean that guy uh, he's been in a lot of films he was in uh, he was in, he's, he's, he's in the he, Dark Knight yep he was the, the 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 bad cop yep sort of thing uh 
you know, he was in the Ant Man movies. Yeah, he's part of the this X-Con is like his, team. Probably his biggest role yeah, ever. Yeah. And most iconic. Yeah. I would dare say. He's yeah. played a lot of side characters. I mean, I did kind of see it coming, like, just even from the trailer. I'm a superhero now. I'm like, he's going to die after and that. Just, whoop, yeah, just bam. Down yeah. he goes. And that was it. I was like, damn it. Yeah. The, the shot where they just see him looking at Starro. <laughs> That's the only thing I would have changed, maybe, is, like, when he looks up at Starro and he sees his mother. I thought it would have been nice if it finally transitioned to Starro, like showing that he's gotten over that. Right, right. Like he's he's emotionally developed and he's come to closure on that issue before That's he fair. died. I I would have liked that. That's fair. Um, but I don't know if yeah, I think people would have got that. I think that. so too. Yeah. I, I think so. It would have been relatively obvious. But it would. I mean, that was one of the biggest laughs in the movie. Is, is oh yeah, is, is that scene that where scene where like they're he's dancing in the club and like all the women are just his mom <laughs> dancing. Yeah. Oh, so fucking funny. I think yeah, Polka Dot Man. I gotta go with Polka Dot Man. He was yeah, great. Yeah, he, he they did a very good job with him. He yeah. was very under underplayed. He but he he was great. Yeah, because he's one of those comical like villains that like everyone like. No, oh, this is they bad. gave him some depth too. Goddamn, incredible depth. Yeah, and just like I said, a lot of like just important roles. And it's like it's Polka Dot Man. I think I mean Polka Dot Man is a Batman villain, right? It's like a. He's been yeah. He's, he's I think he was around. Yeah, he's like a kite man. And, yeah, condiment king yep. and, and all these characters that kind of just egghead. Yes, yeah. You know that that are just not like these focal villains, and then he goes in. And he's he's James Gunn makes him a superstar. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I like that immensely. Yeah. That was great. Um, yeah, I I did, yeah like I didn't have one complaint about. Any of the final team members, or any of the team members at all, I no. thought I thought that James Gunn did a really good job of telling that story and, and making it interesting. So, um, even the Harley Quinn side story didn't didn't mind. No, I thought it was good. No, not at all. No, she, like I said, it didn't need her, but it you know it, it didn't need her. But we get like I get that Harley Quinn's the yeah. star of, of this this franchise. But I, I was happy that Idris Elba got a nice starring role. In, yeah, in a, in that a was touching, too, at the end where the rat comes up and he's petting it. Yeah. Oh. It was a touching moment. It was cute. It yeah. was cute. And then, yeah, the we- weasel waking up on the beach and running away. That was amazing. I thought I laughed at that, and then I just remembered, like, he kills kids. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck, he just kills kids. That's all he does. <sighs> so good. So good. Um, so that's Suicide Squad, uh, two in a nutshell. Um, I guess we can move on to our Bad Batch talk. Yeah. Our last Bad Batch talk for for, uh, for this year. For, future, yeah. for the foreseeable future. So it will return in season two. Hits. two. Uh, oh, Deep Side. Deep yeah. Exhale. I was, That's an exhale of, of there regret. Was, there was redeemable qualities of this movie. Yeah. I don't want to – or this, this episode. I don't want to dismiss that. It was cool seeing – I think that's why they, they left it as it is because it was, it was cool seeing – uh, the Bad Batch work together, yeah. right? Cross Sierra with the team and, and trying to escape and and all all this emotional conflict between all of them and and, and whatnot. And actually, Cross Sierra kind of opening up as a character a little bit. Yep. Uh, but the ending was a little disappointing. I was like, Ryan Johnson must have wrote it, subverting expectations, <laughs> constant subverting. Here's your expectations. Well, zigzag. The opposite <laughs> happened. I yeah, like like the last few episodes have been. Okay, it was a weird way to close this this season. Like uh, the well, last three quarters of the season were were a little underwhelming for well, me. Well, just wait. Correct. Like, did he? Did they leave him with a ship? He no, just... he was waiting for the Empire to get him. Okay, but are they gonna? They don't give a fuck. 
That's right. He th- well, he seems to think that the Empire was going to come and get him. So they just maybe they stranded him there. He's just going to be like fucking. It's possible. Tom Hanks and Castaway. They didn't even give him a goddamn volleyball. <laughs> Wilson. That's terrible. He's got a. He's, he can play with his uh, clone trooper helmet. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Okay. He's got that done. But uh, but yeah. I mean, there wasn't. Uh, they, I was, was getting like the. I thought it was kind of cool. The them, obviously, Omega saving Crosshair. I thought was a, a nice yeah. touching moment. Um, her urge, I mean, the urgency to do it too. Like, like I said, her character growth from uh, we've talked about this from episode one to now, tremendous. Yeah, yeah. tremendous. She she really grew as a character. The other ones kind of, you know, they they were kind of them, and they just fell, f- they, they, like plateaued throughout the season. There was no really like, big character growth, I think, for the bad. Batch. Well, I guess I think that also goes into the fact their age. Like, she's a young kid, so she's gonna grow more. Well, she's character. older than them. Well, well, technically, they got that <laughs> growth factor. <laughs> They got that HGH they're taking, yeah. big and strong men. Um, but, like, I don't know. So I, I, I put that into to effect. Like, I feel like the Bad Batch has seen that, been there, done that, seen shit. They're already kind of matured to the point they're, that's where they're going to be. They're battle, yeah, yeah. battle savvy. Um, I did like the them kind of going through the, the tubes underneath Kish, uh, um, Camino to... I, I got like vibes of the Poseidon adventure, then like, you know, yep. trying to get out of there and then things turning upside down. The sea creature was kinda cool. Um yeah, that was neat. And then, you know, the whole shit with the the droid. Uh, I just thought it left it where it's like the, 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 there's no no uh negative actions or there's no consequences there's no for, like, yeah, their there's, actions there's like, no I tragedy like, yeah exactly which is like oh everybody made it not chachi uh, i don't know that kind of yeah I'm like, i i think I, they I used mean, it to I push guess... omega but it, at the same time like that how that would have been depressing i mean it would have been depressing but i mean that's that storyline yeah that storyline i mean i gotta look at it as a cartoon for kids i guess <sighs> do you yeah, yeah. Do they, are the kids paying for the streaming service? I think parents are. The kids, well, if there what, were toys, that, if there the, were toys in the Bad Batch out there, maybe the kids would buy true. the toys. There's nothing. What's that one quote? Fuck them kids. Uh, yeah, I think that's what it's. I think, <laughs> I, think it's that, I don't know who said it, but I think it was um, Nelson Mandela. It probably uh, Gandhi, <laughs> one of those peaceful folk. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was, it was okay. I, I felt those more like interesting, like shock value towards the beginning. Of of this season, but I don't want to like be like, oh, I'm I don't want to see another season of Bad Batch. Like, no, I'm actually very I'm excited when season two um, comes back. I'm I think it, like I said last week, I think it would have had more of a punch if they didn't announce that season two was greenlit right until after that episode aired because then they'd be like, okay, well, oh, maybe they're gonna kill them off yeah, here. Maybe this right. is everybody yeah. dies. Right, that's a good point. That is a good point, and that would have been you know. A little bit more, yeah. Announced it like two weeks after. Yeah. Announced it's coming back two yeah. weeks after, uh, but they did not. So not even you could have done it like the day after it came out. I mean, if people are going to watch it, they're going to watch it. Right, so. right. That's true. So, so that's our bad batch. Uh, so no more bad batch reviews. Uh, but you watched the new the what if? Yeah, what if came did. out? What did you think I of did. it? I did. I wasn't that fond of it. I mean, the animation is gorgeous. Yeah, beautiful. Um, but I mean, basically, it's. It's the first Avenger, but with, like, Peggy taking it. They don't call her, like, Captain Britain. It's just Captain Carter. Mm. But she's got the Union Jack on her chest and the Union Jack on the shield, but she still works for the U.S. government, even though she's, like... Strange. Yeah, which is... Yeah. They killed off fucking uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character, like, right away. Like Really? So, basically, like, they're going to do the Super Soldier Serum thing, 
and there's a spy. He pulls out a gun, and he starts shooting people, and the first person to get shot in the chat. Like, Timothy Lee Jones' character doesn't even have a line. Like, you just see, like, you don't even see his full face. Really? He just gets shot right away. He's dead. So then, like, some other tool gets in there, and, of course, he's, like, a womanizer, and he's like, you know, women don't fight wars, which, let's be honest, folks, back in World War II, they did not fight in wars. Um, But he just, like, demoral, like, that's, it's it's fucking 1940, like, that's how it was. Um, When he's like, women didn't, he's like, women don't fight in the front line, like, he's saying that derogatory, it's, like, supposed to be taken derogatorily, but it's like, no, yeah, that's true, they don't fight on the front lines. Legitimate, right, right, that's 100%. That's that's a fact. Yeah. Um, But neither here nor there, like. She's then the guy shoots Steve Rogers, blows up the lab. They got to do the the experiment right here, right now. They try to get Howard Stark to do it, but he's like, "No, nah, I just push buttons." So she <laughs> she mans up, she woman's up, gets right. in there, takes the serum, um, helps Steve through rehab so he can walk again. Then it's like they just fucking get the Tesseract cube. They just get it. She gets like Captain Carter gets it. She just no kind of with Red Skull. No, uh, eventually, very underwhelming. How like, long was the episode? If you don't mind me asking, it was like th- it was thirty minutes. Oh, that's it. Yeah. So she she grabs the fucking the cosmic cube from Arnim Zola. She just cuts him off on his way to give it to Red Skull. Yeah. So Red Skull never gets the cosmic cube originally. Doesn't get it. Right. So then she gives it to Howard Stark. He makes a fucking Ironmonger suit with it, but they call it the the Hydra Stomper. So they put Steve in it. So Steve's fucking like the Ironmonger, but. He's, you know, and then they go to the normal, the same storyline. They go to save Bucky. Yeah. They save Bucky. You know, they, they have the shot where, like, it's Captain Carter and the, what do they call them? The Howling Commandos. Howling Commandos, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's her team. They do the missions. And then uh, same scene, they go on the train from First Avenger. Right. Steve. This is like a lot for a half hour. The, yeah, it's very, it's just boop, 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 boop. Is it's it very really? quick. Okay. Very quick. Um, Steve fucking, they get on the train. Steve finds that the bombs that are on there. Train blows up. Everybody gets off the train except for Steve. So Steve gets captured by Hydra. Then, mm. then Red Skull gets the cube, the Tesseract cube. Okay. And he uses it to open up a portal to release this tentacle monster. So, like, these tentacles just start coming through this portal, right? And they keep growing and growing to the point they're, like, taking down the castle is it a hydro? Is it, it a hydro? I guess hydro they never. It's just literally like tentacles, and then the it's got the fucking octopus mouth. And that's how Red Skull die, dies. Literally, one of the tentacles just grabs him and crushes him. That's how he dies. <laughs> um, so this thing keeps growing, right? So they get Steve. He gets back. He's starting to fight. They start to try to close the portal, and literally, like C- Captain Carter just pushes the monster back with her shield. She just pushed, like, she's got the shield, and she's, like, just pushing it back. And while she's pushing it back, she's having a conversation with Steve, like, I'm having a conversation with you right now. Really? Yeah. Like, very like imagine if, like, I was leg-pressing 2,000 pounds, but I'm just speaking <laughs> to you like I am right now. Like, I understand she's a superhero, but it's a fucking giant tentacle monster. Right. So she finally, she pushes it back through the portal, and then the portal closes. And that's the end of the And then Steve misses her, and he's like, oh, no, my, my lady who was going to give me my dance. And then, like... It opens with, like, it ends with Nick Fury and Hawkeye opening the portal like they did in uh, the first Avengers. Yeah. And then she pops out. Uh, okay. And then it, it ends. Okay. It was very, I thought it was very underwhelming, very just like, 
I don't know. Again, I guess it's a cartoon meant for kids, but I don't know. Very heavy-handed with like the "I'm a woman, hear me roar." Like it's the '40s, like because they didn't do it once or twice. It was like over and over again, right? And it was the same like douchebag military guy. He's like, "You're lucky to be in the room listening to my plans." <laughs> And then, of course, she, like, throws it back. You're lucky to be in the room listening to my plans. Like, later, to, it's just not good. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's just too too obvious. Too obvious. Yes. Um, you can, have, you can yeah. have messages in your, your media. Just don't make it where it's, like, it's in it, like you're just blatant with it. Right. It's not subtle at all. No. Yeah, that's sometimes, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, subtlety's a little bit better. Um, but this week's, though, this week's that's coming out, it's supposed to be uh, Chadwick Boseman. Oh, okay. So the he's one actually where... he actually voice acted this one. This is his final MCU appearance. He actually voice acted uh, young T'Challa, Star Lord. Nice. So um, that's the episode we're getting this week. I got to catch up. I got to find the time to watch this thing. But um, I mean, it's worth it just for the animation, right? The animation is absolutely stunning, gorgeous, gorgeous animation. So it does look very cool. It does look very cool. Um, but I hate you know if it's if the storytelling is not great then i mean it was a it was like a cohesive story it made sense it was just like eh. i don't know if it was because it was too much like the first it was like basically watching a condensed version of the first avenger but with her in the role except for him right it was it was almost like identical okay that i wonder how this uh this this t'challa one's gonna go very curious but um but all right so that's uh that's our marvel news uh, we got anything else in the news department? Uh, I meant to report on this last week, but I done plum forgot. Um, we were talking about like Netflix and their rates going up. I, I think I'm going to hold on to Netflix until uh, I get to see that Wednesday Adams Tim Burton show coming out on Netflix. Okay. Um, I am a big fan of the original, like not the the original Adam, well original Adam's Family, yes, but the the 1990s movies with Angelica Houston and Christina Ricci. And uh, Rule Julia, Christopher Lloyd. Um, I love those two movies. And I mean, they're not masterpieces, but they're they're, they're, they're fun. They're, they're, they're timely. They're always good to watch. Like they're always on in Halloween oh, for time. Sure, for sure, it, it's 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 a good feeling movie. So uh, they started announcing some of the cast. The first one was obviously Wednesday Adams, which is um, cast um, with uh, what's this girl? Oh, uh, Jenny Ortega. Now uh, I have seen her in some of like the. Nickelodeon Disney Channel shows with my kids, and yeah. she's a spunky, charismatic actress. So I'm looking forward to that. But um, well, she got to play it like an emotionally dead character now, well, right? Wednesday Adams has got some spunk to her, like uh, a little bit, like dry, very. But I think she'll do good in the part. Right. I, I I have liked her in what I've seen. Okay. Um, and then uh, there's uh, Luis Guzman, who I love. I love Luis Guzman. He's going to be playing uh, Gomez. Okay. So, love him. Everything I've seen him in, I just—he's just such a charismatic, fun actor. And then Catherine. Oh Z- yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, he's great. He's done a lot. He's done. He's done tons. a lot of. He's done a ton of stuff. So I—I yes. I forget. I did see this. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm excited for that. It's nice. It's like a different kind of take on Gomez too. Normally they kind of have him as a thinner build, but he's a portlier fellow. Yeah. And, I like that. Uh, like they did that with uh, the Adams Family animated movie that just came out uh, a couple years ago. Yes. Uh, yes. With um, what's his name doing the voice? It was uh, the guy who played Poe. 
Uh, Oscar Isaacs. Yes. He, he did the voice. He did a great job with the voice, too. Uh, but Catherine Zeta-Jones is going to be playing Morticia, which I think is amazing because I haven't seen her in anything since, like, the Zorro franchise. Yeah, it's been a little while. It's been a while since she's been and done anything. So I'm looking forward to it. Plus, it's Tim Burton. So you know, like, the atmosphere, the tone, the visuals are going to be beautiful. I just hope he doesn't overdo it with the CG. And I would think with, like, a Netflix budget, maybe it, it, he, it won't allow him to do that. Like, I, hope, is, I hope there's is, more practical it, effects and uh, lay off the CG. Like, I, like as much as I love Beetlejuice and the Batman movies and um, Edward Scissorhands, like, there's a fucking Alice in Wonderland out there. Yeah. That's just, like, fucking green like, screen. Like, why? Puke. Like, yeah, it's crap. Yeah. Right. I agree. I certainly agree. So that is cool. Um, that is cool. Adam's family uh, always seems to find it to pop its, you know, head in every now and then in pop culture. So yeah. it, is, it is cool to see that that's coming. Uh is that it? I uh, just want to talk about uh, the pension of our wallets pretty Yes, soon. yes. So uh, as as you may know, I'm a, a toy enthusiast. Love me some uh, plastic gold. Um, word on the street is there is going to be a price increase across the board for a lot of action figures. Now, most uh, Star Wars and Marvel uh, six-inch figures are $20 a piece. Um, apparently later this year, fall time, they speculate they're going to be shooting up to 25. Uh, I was telling Matt, I've already seen a price increase from 20 to 23, um, just this last week. And it's speculated it's going to go up to $25. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, not going to get any cheaper once it reaches that price. It's not going down. Right. Um, and it's even more frustrating because they're raising the prices on these things, but like it's near impossible to find anything on the shelves as it is. There's that. Uh, I mean, some of the toy the, the toy quality is 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 pretty good, but you know, I mean, yeah, they the, keep. It, it but also, I mean, years ago, like years ago, I remember seeing like these action figures and stuff, very very well detailed, but like smaller and such, and just but more expensive. And it's like it's like everything else where everything kind of gets pricier but smaller to an extent. Yeah. Because um, I just remember my action figure toys being like six inches tall, seven inches tall. And now a lot of them are just uh, just tinier and just you know the, there's no like perfect size toy. Well, I feel anymore. like there's the usually I feel like the three and a quarter inch, three and three quarter inch scale is more geared for kids because then like the reason they did that was because it allowed for more vehicles, more playsets to be produced, right. which then geared toward kids. But you don't see any playsets or you barely see Never. vehicles on the shelves anymore. And companies don't make them because it takes up too much shelf space um, because kids don't play with toys anymore. They just play the video games. Right. iPads, all yep. that crap. Yep. Um, so they've definitely just switched gears and toys are – it feels like it's a 100% collectible market now, adult market. Um and everything's six inch with tons of articulation. They've moved to like pinless joints, so the elbows move, but the, you don't see the 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 pins. Right, right. You know, it's a nice, just smooth transition. You're getting like double jointed, triple jointed joints, so you can bring the just higher range of motion for extra poseability. And kids don't care about that shit. That's clearly done for the collector, you know. And just today, I was out and about, and I found uh, the Spawn, the new Spawn toys, um, oh. and they look cool as hell. Like they made this. Huge I remember the violator. very limited. I remember the very limited articulation. Yes, they uh, had five points of articulation. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have this humongous violator figure. It's like at least at least a foot tall, probably really? taller. If what it's like a foot tall in the box with its legs bent. Right. But it's fifty bucks. 
yeah. fifty bucks, and yeah, then they made they like, made a yeah. figure of the clown. He was forty bucks, <laughs> like. And then, like, I saw him. I was like, I was like, hey, kids, look at this. I was showing it to my kids, trying to scare them. They didn't give a fuck. And then, <laughs> and then, like, like it was funny because I had the violator box, and I'm like showing it to my daughter, and like I kind of like tossed it up, flipped it, and caught it, and put it back on the shelf. Yeah. And as I did that, I saw this guy, and he had like this fucking look, like nervous look on his face. I'm like, oh, that's weird. I'm checking out. There he is. He's buying the clown. He's buying violator. He's buying. He found oh, like, all that stuff. The, the okay. dark seed figure from McFarlane yeah. that's from the Justice the Zack Snyder Justice so that was the only one on the shelf so he wanted to buy it and he's like well don't fucking drop it because oh, I, I need that I need it he was like so the guy dropped at least $200 on like three figures sweet Jesus yeah it's. I mean it's getting it's super pricey now it's a lot yeah they know it, it brings me back to this uh, this old SNL skit they had oh the Star the Wars Star one? Wars one. Oh yeah that's a great you could do this <laughs> Well, or leave them in boxes. Funny you mention that because uh, Star Wars show we love, Mandalorian. Yeah. And the actor from Saturday Night Live who was in that very skit, who also is in The Mandalorian, doesn't look like he's going to be in that show anymore. Have you heard about uh, Horatio Sands, our friend? Who did he play? Hor- Horatio Sands played the Mithral. So the blue guy with the gills. Oh, yeah. That's who he plays. Well, he, he plays that character. Did he get canceled? Uh, he's probably going to because he's being accused of grooming and sexually assaulting a girl not old enough to drive. Oh, Jesus Christ. And it happened what a piece of shit. at an SNL cast party. Oh. So your that? Jimmy Fallons were there, your other, and... And they, like, just... Yes, so we'll see when that goes to trial who, who gets... Uh, thrown under for Hollywood's fucking sick yes man. it's disgusting it's unbelievable so I can't and though I just like a month ago they announced a vintage collection figure of the Mithral the three and three so it's a three and three quarter action figure right and I, I'm curious to see if that's even going to hit shelves because I mean they pulled the Cara Dune figures for making a off-color comment in their eyes but I'll be curious to see if this gentleman who's accused of Grooming and sexually assaulting a girl under the age of 16 if that figure just goes to market. And if it does, that's just disgusting. I'm probably going to cancel my order on it because I think that's just awful. Yeah. No, I will. I, I just haven't done it yet. I or pre-ordered it through Entertainment Earth. I'm going to be canceling it because it's I don't play, just yeah. despicable. Yeah. The, Hollywood's, yeah. I, I can't say enough how bad Hollywood is. It's just a sick, sick culture. And, oh, my God. So I don't think we'll be seeing the Mithral anymore. On the no, show. no, no, probably not. Probably not. Fucking hell. Well, sorry to end on such a downer. Yeah, let's uh, let's pick it back up with some comic book readings. All right, so what do you got? You got some DC action? There? Uh, we, I think we both got some. Hey, DC we do. Action. Yours looks a little more vintage than mine, though. Nineteen ninety-five. Ninety-five. That's a good, good era. Year. Oh, Superman. Is that? Is this the long-haired Studley Superman? Yeah, he's got a little bit longer hair. Yeah. He's not a clean cut. That's, that um, was so what got me into comics, was the Death of Superman arc and then the Reign of Superman. Okay. That's what got me into it. Okay. Yeah, this is a decent era for Superman. I, I didn't real you know, growing up in the 90s, you don't realize how um, overpowered that he is. But he, he always has been. It's just how you write him. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. But again, at this time, you know, I didn't really realize. I'm like, oh, wow. He's, you know. What can't he do? What can't he do? So this is uh, Superman, the Man of Steel, number 48 from September of 1995. Man, I was just starting pre-K then. It's best not to think about time. I'm old. Aquaman Attacks is the cover of this, and it looks like uh, it kicks off 
There's Aquaman has Superman in a sleeper hold. The devil in the deep. All right, starts off and and Aquaman standing there and he's he's making this 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 threat in a sense. He also has a hook hand. He has a really cool hook hand. It's really neat. Isn't it obvious where these sea demons are coming from? I can't do a Jason Momoa voice. This is very Jason Momoa-esque uh, Aquaman, though. Long hair, the bear. Oh, that's the, what they, yeah. Yeah, not like the clean they, cut. They, they've gone yeah. away from clean cut Aquaman at this point. Rain is swelling local rivers, dumping torrents into the Pacific, right on top of the ruins of Engine City. Stress has ruptured, seals on apparently harmless equipment, leaking chemicals into the ocean, causing those monstrous mutations. A fishing fleet off the coast has already been threatened. He goes, other attacks could follow. Engine City must be retested and, if necessary, re-cleansed. And that's Aquaman's latest threat. Um, It clips to uh, Clark Kent and Lois Lane. They're sitting on a couch, enjoying a few brews, watching TV in very comfortable clothing. And uh, and Superman's like, yeah, you know, according to reports, Aquaman's been very hot, uh, hot headly. Headedly, hot-headedly lately. Since he lost his hand, that's enough to stress anybody out, but I don't think he'd do anything irresponsible. And it shows uh, there's a clip. They're watching the news, and there's a giant octopus attacking. Uh, I don't even know what city this is. It's a pier. It's a pier, and he's attacking the, the pier, and all these people are running in terror. And uh, the new, 6 o'clock news comes, and they, it looks like Aquaman is behind it. Oh, gasp. Gasp. Very cool. Uh, I used to have these cards too. Very cool advertisement for Batman Forever cards. Oh, those. Yes, I remember those vividly. I had. Yeah, I, I love to... the Batman Forever merchandise. They they had the cups oh, at yeah. McDonald's. Oh, the the glass ones. The glass. I still have my Riddler oh. one. I still have the Riddler one. The uh, my sister just found a, a couple packs of Episode Two trading cards, and she gave them to me, and I opened them up, and I was so happy. But they were the flare ones that had, like, the gloss coating on them. Yeah. And they were, like, stuck to each other. Oh. So, like, you go to take them apart and, like, some of the... Is le- like, residues oh, yeah, leaving? Yeah. Not all yeah. of them, but, like, I would say probably 20% of them were, were everything just peeled off. Blech. Blech. There's an advertisement for Six Flags, oh, which is getting a, popular the, the at this time. The Ride of Steel. The Ride of Steel. I don't think they had that out yet. No, maybe they did. Look, look at it. They got the Looney Tunes, guys in Looney Tunes costumes. Oh, so good. The ba- Remember the Batman show? Yeah, I do. Yes. I, I love that show. A lot of cool stuff. I remember Six Flags first. When I first became aware of Six Flags, Ryan, it was the coolest thing. Um, Superman puts his cape on, and Lois is like, man, I should know better than to watch CNN with you, shouldn't I? You don't think that's really Aquaman, do you? And, and Superman's like, I doubt it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go check leaking chemicals, and then i got to go fix it. There's these giant sea monsters attacking now. So it's not just the octopus. It's a bunch of these um, just very large sea creatures that look like they belong in a Star Wars film. And Superman's grabbing people, saving them, and punching these monsters at the same time. Did he go through the planet core? <laughs> he might as well have, huh? Aquaman comes running in. Uh, well, not running in. He's, he's swimming on a, he's on a dolphin. He's riding a dolphin. Coolest power ever. And uh, Superman goes back. He's battling. He's battling. He gets he gets whacked. He gets whacked by one of the, this giant like barracuda uh, looking thing. And uh, there's a lovely advertisement for some bet the Adventures of Batman Robin VHSs. Just nine ninety five each. Oh man, the days! I gotta find my old v- VCR. Oh, VCR day. So good. So good. 
Uh, Aquaman dives in and saves him. He picks up Superman, and Superman, when they you know gains consciousness, he gets pissed. He he picks up Aquaman by his little bandolier thing, and uh, Superman legit thinks it's him. He legit thinks it's him, and Aquaman's like, no, 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 like it's it's not me. I I swear. And they go back and forth, back and forth. Superman, all of a sudden, he pulls out this mask. They're going to go underwater and chase where these, these sea monsters are going to to try and find the source. And look at that. Another really cool advertisement. The Adventures of Batman Robin game for Game Gear and Sega Genesis. So good. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I used to have one of those sweet Tiger handheld games for the Batman animated series. Oh, that's that a good one. So good. That's a good one. I have a couple of the old Tiger ones, too. But uh, i got to find batteries so I can play them. But... So good. Uh, anyways, they go underneath and uh, they find this uh, this this like castle thing in you know deep underwater, and then all of a sudden they're surrounded by all those sea monsters, surrounded, and they're being they come to find out they're being controlled by somebody, and this somebody, his name is escaping me. Um, What's he look like? Oh, Cosnor. Cosnor. He's wearing he's wearing Aquaman like. Vintage Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah. He's a fish. He's what got a, a cod piece he's got yeah. there. <laughs> he's got a fish face. And he's actually controlling them, and they meet. And he's like, he he defends the ocean, too. Like, that's kind of his thing, but he's a little bit more aggressive than Aquaman. Where he, he means business. He he's means not business. giving us humans any slack. No, not at all. He tries to control uh, Superman and Aquaman. He uses this, like, te- telepathy thing and, uh, and, and actually knocks him out. And they wake up. They're in this cage. It's actually a really cool looking thing. It's the carcass of like a dead whale or something. And he's got him cool. imprisoned in the stomach uh, area. It's just the skeleton. Just the skeleton. Uh, is it Montrose? <laughs> is it Montrose? Is there a Geppetto skeleton in there? No, I don't think. Oh, that's that right. Made. He spit him out. Global, he did. Yeah, he did. That would have been a nice. In there. That would have been a nice, nice twist. A little crossover. <laughs> they uh, they meet with Cosnor. Uh, comes to approach them and 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 chats with them for a little bit, and uh, they they lay out a trap. They pull like a bone or something, and it falls uh, on Cosnor and knocks him out for the time being. They go after the fish. Aquaman's trying to communicate and slow down these giant sea creatures who are attacking the city. And uh, let's see, Superman actually creates a, a like a cyclone in the water, like a little whirlpool in the water. Confuses them. I do that with my pool. Oh, I love it! Isn't that cool? <laughs> it's so cool. I miss having a pool just for that. And and this this dizziness, this you know, this whirlpool distracts the monsters enough, calms their mind, stresses them out, where Aquaman can control them, and he leads them away from the city. And there's this big, uh, cool handshake, and 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 Aquaman's like, you know, now I owe you twice, and uh, you know, this this friendship kind of thing. And so there's a little bit of earned trust, and it ends. Their escape. They're 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 looking for Cosnor. And he's escaped. So they're like, oh, this is not the last we've seen of him. So um, so that's it. I like the 90s Aquaman look. Like I do, the too. The hand and the, 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 like the shoulder mithral. No, I agree. I agree. It's give, it gave him this edgy look. Cause, I mean, it, they had to badass him up a little bit. Yeah. So, And yeah. It, you can't tell me that's not what inspired them to cast Mimosa. Oh, it, 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 it looks way... What did you say, Mimosa? Yeah, I like Mimosas. Oh, I do, too. On Saturday mornings. Endless Mimosas. Endless Mimosas. They always dangerous. have to be bottomless. Bottomless Mimosas. I did that one time for a Mother's Day brunch. Oh, yeah. At uh, the old... Was it Rock Bar? It's Solidays now. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they were pissed, because I was just like... 
another. Yeah. I had like 10 glasses of Oh, the sugar. You must have been diabetic by the time you were done. I might have been. All that orange juice. It was so good. So good. But that is our, that's my book, and uh, Will has his book now. All right. So I'm going to read, uh, just came out last week, uh, Batman 89. Now, um, this really intrigued me as I was reading it because there was a lot of stuff that I heard Burton originally wanted to do with the Batman franchise that never came to light. So this is kind of like when uh, when Micah read that Star Wars series. It was supposed to be like uh, the original plan or something like that for the Kind of, sort of, but I feel like this is maybe mm, perhaps more along the line of maybe like a... We'll see, because this is the first issue of six. Okay. So right now they've only really referenced the first Batman movie, so I'm curious to see if they reference Batman Returns at all. Or if this is just like after the first Batman movie, it shoots off in a totally different direction. Okay. Okay. So it starts uh, Gotham City, October 31st. I don't know. if Does that date have any relevance? I don't think so. Oh, Spooks Eve. <gasps> All Hallows Eve. And we see this fancy building with this gothic uh, architecture. And uh, it says, here we are, sir, the 78 Mason Leroy Mazi Chambertain. Ooh, that sounds delicious. He says, thank you, Ads. Excellent. And we see inside, and it is Billy D. Williams portraying Harvey Dent in a nice suit sitting at a table with a an attractive young lady. And she says, ooh, this is good. Too good. Are we on the city's tab? And he says, no, ma'am. There will be no city business discussed at this table. It's a special occasion. She goes, what? It's Halloween. What's, uh, we're just dressed as rich people. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, oh, I think we deserve a nice little night on the town. And uh, we find out that this is this nice young lady that uh, Harvey Dent is having dinner with is, in fact, Barbara Gordon, <gasps> the police chief's daughter. Mm. They didn't use her in the uh, Tim Burton ones, they right? Barely, no, they did not. And they didn't really do a whole lot with Jim Gordon. He was just kind no, of like a really bubbling buffoon type yeah. character. So, um as uh, as they're sitting there, Barbara just gasps like, oh, I think I saw something. And you see just uh, a glimpse of a cape flowing in the wind. Mm. And then the next thing we see is Batman perched on the adjacent building, staring down into the windows at Harvey Dent and Barbara Gording having their dinner. Uh, and then uh, we... Um, we cut to a newscaster, and she says, We're broadcasting live from Gotham Square, where after three nights of reduced violence, the city's annual Halloween celebration is proceeding as planned. So far, the crowd has been rowdy but peaceful. We're seeing quite a few children on the crowd tonight, despite the mayor's proclamation that Halloween is no longer safe for children. And it's kind of cool because it's a flashback to, like, the 90s. We see, like, a tree lit up, and, like, up top, it looks like Jack Skellington... At the beginning of the movie, like the Pumpkin King. Okay. Uh, we see a girl dressed up as Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas. There's a kid dressed up as uh, the, mel- the the Bumblebee from Blind Melon. <laughs> there's also uh, there's someone dressed up like, um, is it Lily? Is it Li- the, the, the girl from Beetlejuice? Oh, Winona I Ryder's couldn't character. tell you. Yeah, I know you're I talking about. I think it's Lily. I, yeah. uh, we see a woman dressed up as one of the Mars, like the, the, the Mars Attacks alien woman. Not like when it was like the alien undercover posing as a woman. Yeah, that's weird because that movie came out after this. Yeah, it's just like an homage. But, uh, but a bunch it, of it, homage, but yeah, 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 I got you. There's, uh, there's like someone dressed up as the penguin. There's uh, someone dressed up as the couple from Beetlejuice. Um, oh, I didn't even notice this one. There's someone dressed up. Uh, 
uh, just like James Brown from Mars Attacks, like dressed up as the really? Pharaoh. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. There's another. You see, like Lock, Stock, and Barrel dressed up from Nightmare Before Christmas. I the love three, it. The three kids. So that's did pretty Tim neat. Do Mars Attacks? Yes, he did. Okay, so that's yeah, that why. Was his that's film. why. Okay, that was like his homage to Ed Wood. Like he did the Ed Wood film, but like he wanted to make a bad monster movie, and that's why it was so misunderstood because people thought it was like serious. They didn't realize that he was like tr- purposely trying to be goofy. making a bad movie. I have. All right, I finally watched that movie for the first time last it's year. Great. I always wanted to watch it. My parents would never let me. I don't know why, but last year during COVID, I finally sat down and watched. I forgot where I found. Might have been on HBO Max. It's so good. It might have popped up on TV and we yeah. watched it. Yeah. I love that movie. So we see the reporter, and she's like interviewing this guy dressed up as Batman. And she's like, oh, aren't you a little old to be trick-or-treating? And uh, he says that the police force is feeble, but that's why he's kind of like the, the Dark Knight. Yeah. These people just dress up as Batman, and they help protect the streets. And then she sees another gentleman dressed up as the Joker, but it kind of looks like the Prince's Joker, which he... That was one of the p- casting choices they almost went with was Prince or Bowie for right, Joker. which would have been awful. Cr- awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she asked, you know, don't you feel your your costume glorifies as a dangerous criminal? And and then uh, we cut, as we cut away, we see a guy in a trench coat wearing a clown nose, and he says four. And then we see Harvey Dent at dinner with Barbara Gordon, and we see him sliding an engagement ring across the table. Mm-hmm. And then we see the guy say three. And then... She turns him down. She wasn't expecting the ring, so he says, just take it home and try it on, and uh, maybe this will help you decide. And he hands her a coin, and he says, heads, yes, tails, no. Go ahead, flip it. And she looks at it, and she goes, wait a minute. You gave me a two-sided coin. These are both heads. <laughs> so uh, the the guy in the clown, he says, one, he's covering his ears, and all of a sudden you hear this big kaboom. And Barbara Gordon says, did you hear that? And he says, yes, I did. Says Harvey Dent. He goes, that's the end of a beautiful evening. And then we cut and we see a bunch of the Joker's goons. And they I can up. hear this all in Billy D. Williams. Oh, yeah. Just voice smooth, too. smooth Billy D. Yep. We see the Joker's goons and they've blown up the bridge. And these three armored cars are kind of in a wreckage heap. And uh, the, the the Joker's goons are just going to town. They're They're breaking windows of businesses. They're doing this. And then we cut and we see Batman perched up. I think I just figured out the plan, says Batman. Out go the wings. He jumps, leaps into action. He sees the helicopter coming down, controlled by the Joker's goons. They they drop down a, a hook, and they, they, they take the two armored cars, and they start bringing them up in the air. The one guy, the one pilot says, anybody following us? The other guy, nah, they haven't made us yet. Clear sailing. What the? We're snagged on something, they say. Can you stabilize? We're going down. And then Batman, he's he's kind of hooked onto the air, the uh, helicopter. But the helicopter careens into one of the sides of the buildings. It blows up. The two pilots, you see him leaping from. And then Batman lands. Gentlemen, new plan. Let us blow this meddling bastard to hell. And we see all the clowns in there just opening fire on Batman. We see him try to cover up with his cape we see him leap off toward the uh the it's a bank but they got a giant penny so he jumps behind the giant penny a la indiana jones mm. he moves the penny also he had to, in the comics he had that giant penny in his in the bat bat cave that's right yeah so okay. He's, okay he's hiding behind this penny to, to, to deflect the bullets shields up 
come fast. <laughs> then we see the Batmobile coming into action, winding down the road. And it's the 90s one, too? Oh, yeah. Big, okay. Yeah. And we see it speed past the Joker's goons. All of a sudden, we see Harvey Dent and Barbara Gordon walking down the street. Harvey Dent says, National Guard, why not? We're a national laughingstock. Gotham City, always good for a freak show. Where's Gordon? And all of a sudden, one of Joker's goons run by, and he snags Barbara Gordon's purse. So Harvey Dent runs after him. Barbara Gordon's trying to tell him to stop. All of a sudden, as soon as he turns the corner, the one clown criminal pulls a gun on him. And he says, hold it right there, rich dude, and hand over the Rolex. Harvey Dent replies, hey, uh, no problem. I don't want any trouble. He takes the Rolex, Rolex and he puts it on his knuckles and he punches the guy right in the face. And the clown goes, don't shoot, mister. You can have the put." And then Billy D, or sorry, Harvey Dent. <laughs> <laughs> funny. That funny is I just can't decide what to do. I think I'll toss a coin. Heads you die, tails you walk. And he flips the coin. Now, remember, it's a double-sided head. And he said, heads you die, tails you walk. What's it say? The guy's pleading. God, mister, no, please. Right as he's flipping the coin and it lands, you hear blam, blam, blam. And then Barbara Gordon turns the corner. She goes, Harvey, I heard shots, I thought. Harvey Dent says, it's all right. I just wanted to scare him. She says, you could have been killed for a purse. I can replace a purse, but I can't replace you. And Harvey Dent replies, we can't just ignore it, Barbara. Copycat criminals, copycat vigilantes. There's no room on the streets for a law-abiding citizen. And as he says this, the Batmobile zooms by them. We cut to inside of Wayne Manor, and we got Bruce Wayne sitting in bed. Alfred's parting the curtains, as we've seen numerous times, telling him, hey, get up. Bruce Wayne has to seize the day while Batman, you know, Seizes the night. He <laughs> says, you have a visitor waiting for you. So Bruce Wayne walks into the kitchen. And who's waiting for him at the table? Oh, it's Harvey Dent. He says, morning, Not Bruce. Rough. Sorry to bother you before noon. Rough night. Bruce says, it's been more tricks than treats, but what's up? And here, Harvey Dent's trying to uh, to get Bruce Wayne to uh, back him for... Uh, uh, a run to try to get rid of Batman. Right. Um, he says, with your backing, Bruce, we're going to take down the Batman. And, of course, he looks perplexed. Alfred looks perplexed. What to do? Oh, the conundrum. So then we cut to uh, another news report where they're talking about what had happened the night before and that uh, the two cars were hijacked. It had $31 million in it. And Bruce Wayne says as they're watching the news, that they recovered the $31 million, So the city should be happy. But if you remember, that helicopter careened into a building. So Harvey Dent reminds him, yeah, minus $26 million in damages to the building that the copper hit. Mm. So there's a, there's a little influx there. Um, and we've, we learn that uh, Harvey Dent thinks that Batman is part of Jim Gordon's personal hit squad, that all these... Batman copycats. They're all just Jim Gordon's hitmen that they worked and and with directly with Jim Gordon. So they want to usurp and get Jim Gordon out of there. Batman's or Bruce Wayne's trying to remind him that, hey, aren't you dating his daughter? And you remind, nope, we're engaged now, but we got to get him out. So 
Harvey Dent leaves under, you know, admirable terms. And uh, Alfred looks at Bruce Wayne. He says, Mr. Dent is on. Is sir, He is a man on a crusade. And if I may say, I think he has a point. And Bruce Wayne says, if, uh, if I'm doing more harm than good, then I'll quit. So we see uh, so Harvey Dent. we see Two-Face. Billy D. Williams is That's originally probably. what they wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. It was one of the things they originally wanted to do. So uh, uh, Harvey Dent, he's driving away, and he says, he's talking on the phone. He says, no sale, which is what I figured. I just wanted to hear him say it. What are we finding in the Batman locker? Mm. And we cut to Barbara Gordon. She's going through uh, kind of a dossier on some of the evidence they found on the Batman, like the Batarang and things like that, and they're trying to find it for Prince. Uh, and we see Harvey Dent driving, and uh, he pulls up to this uh, garage that kind of looks like it's in the uh, the lower side of town. Some graffiti. So these kids are playing kickball. This old man sitting on a chair, and there's a there's a discussion about whether this boy was in or whether he was out during kickball. So they ask this older gentleman, and he says that man was on base last week. He's safe. Whoa! Look at that car. And who pulls up? Oh, it's Harvey Dent, looking suave, looking debonair. And he says, Mr. Otis, sir. And Otis, the old gentleman who was officiating the kickball game. Oh, Mr. District Attorney, what brings you all the way out to the burn side? Harvey Dent says, oh, you know, routine maintenance. And the little kids that love his car. And the one kid goes, hey, mister, I'm only nine. But, uh... Harvey Dent says, yeah, you want to take the thing for a ride? He goes, I'm only nine. So they go into Otis's garage, and it appears that Harvey Dent and Otis were, were good friends back in the day. And we get a little backstory about how um, Harvey Dent likes to come to the inner city to make sure that these children can see a, a man of color and a prestigious, wealthy way that's not an athlete. And um, we learn that uh, this Otis fellow, he kind of was a borderline father figure for Harvey Dent. And uh, they show a flashback of Harvey when he was a little boy with Otis as a younger man, and he says to the little uh, Harvey Dent, he says, I'm going to flip this coin, Harvey. Heads, you grow up to be a big man. Tails, you're nothing but a bum. Call it. So he flips the coin, and little Harvey Dent says, heads. And he goes, heads, ah, big man, it is. And Harvey wants to do it again. And Otis looks at Harvey, and he goes... You always called heads, and you always won. And you never even asked to look at the coin. Most gullible child I ever did see. <laughs> and Harvey replies... So some inspiration behind yeah, this. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah, he goes, no, man, I just trusted you, and I still do. And Otis tells him, well, now you got me all softened up, so tell me what you want, because you must want something awful big. So it cuts to uh, Gotham City Hall later that night, and it's Harvey Dent on his crusade, and uh, one of the kids that he met outside the, the auto shop was wearing a Batman shirt. Yeah. So he's using this Batman shirt as a way to say, like, every place I look, I see these young kids wearing this Vigilante's logo. Uh, I want to take out the, the logo. I want, you know, normal order, normal justice, no more Vigilante outlaw justice. So this is on the news. Obviously, Bruce Wayne's watching it. He's kind of Harvey Dent's calling for Commissioner Gordon's head. Uh, Alfred replies to Bruce Wayne. He goes, one thing I'll say for sure, Harvey, he sure works fast. So uh, he's already getting things operated. We see the bat signal lit up in the sky, but something looks a little different. 
It's not the normal bat signal. It's got a cross through it, mm. like a no bat signal. So we see the roof of the police station, and it's Harvey Dent sitting up there with Detective Bullock. And Bullock's like, yeah, we got to repair this thing once a week because some off-duty cop will come up here and smash the shit out of it. <laughs> we got to replace the glass all the time. So uh, as they're having this conversation, we see Batman off in the shadows. It's Dent and it's Bullock and three snipers in the buildings nearby. Snipers. Good Lord. As he's talking to Alfred. Oh, no. Sorry, he's not talking to Alfred. He's talking to Jim Gordon. So Jim oh. Gordon's like, yeah. I think uh, we got to cut off communications. Uh, they're out for my head. They're out for your head. He tells him that the actual the uh, the FBI is in town and they're ordered to to take him down, take him into custody. So Commissioner Gordon he breaks off communications. Like, Thanks for all the help in the city, but we uh, we can't do this anymore. So he smashes the the communicating device that he has with Batman. Uh, we see Batman kind of go off, and we see the, the armed military trying to apprehend Batman with shots. As we're doing this, we see uh, we see what appears to be a, a, a robbery in progress. We see a man, stop, thief, bam, shooting his gun off. So Batman's observing this, and uh, so is the military that was trying to apprehend Batman. So he, Batman sulks into the shadows. And uh, the one the the shop owner says, "No, no, I can explain. He had a sawed-off shotgun. He cleaned out my cash drawer." And the military is urging the shopkeep to drop his weapon. And then the next panel, we see Batman kind of skulking to another building, and we see the uh, the robber entering uh, a kind of a rundown apartment complex. And we see him running up the stairs as Batman's looking off. And uh, the gentleman, we hear him say, Don't cry, Naisha. I brought you some peas and sweet potatoes. Oh, hell, look at that. The man shot me right in the diapers. And we see this this young man holding a, a small daughter, uh, I'm assuming. So Batman enters through his window, and the guy's scared shitless. He says, Man, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. I didn't, I didn't try to steal anything. I was just trying to get food for my daughter and get diapers. We got nothing. And it's an old, run-down apartment. And... Uh, He's asking where, where the child's mother is. And as he's about to get an explanation, he hears from outside, I'm out here. Mm. Who's there? Help me, please. I'm scared of heights. Stay where you are. And as he walks out, <laughs> we see this cloaked figure in green, like a green sweatshirt with green pants and a green cape with some yellow underlays and a yellow kind of like a, a face mask. Yeah. Batman, no, don't. No, oh, you kicked right in the face. The 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 uh, the man who kicked him, he says, "Not your house, man. Next time, knock." And he kicks Batman off the high rise. Damn. Batman catches himself. The the mass vigilante who took out Batman, he says, "Sorry for the trouble here." And the gentleman says, what's this? It's eight bucks. It's all I got. And then next we see Batman hanging from the, the rafters. And the military has found him down this dark alleyway. And they say, well, what have we here? That's him, all right. If he moves a muscle, let him have it. Mm. So, uh, like, the ending really got me because I'm like, okay, the Harvey Dent Two-Face thing. I knew that was something they wanted to do. Yeah. But what a lot of people don't realize in Batman Returns... Marlon Wayans had shot some scenes where he was going to play Robin. 
I did hear about that. So yes. that's where that ending is going to, uh, I'm assuming, take us is where we're going to get the Marlon Wayans as Robin okay. story I'm as cool well. with that. I so like it, that. It's cool because it's like, I remember hearing this stuff as a kid growing up, like this was supposed to happen and that was supposed to happen. And I st- even remember like the Batman Returns toy line had a Robin figure in it, but there was no Robin in the movie, obviously. Oh, really? Yeah. I got to look this up. And it up. was like, I remember like the Robin figure itself definitely had African-American features on the figure. Right. And the hair was kind of like a, a curly, poofier hairstyle, hmm. which you don't normally associate that with Robin. Right. But the figure itself was painted with white skin. And I'm wondering if that was... I've always wondered, after I heard the Marlon Wayans thing, I'm like, was that supposed to be a Marlon Wayans Robin figure? And they figure? released that? They released it. It was like in the like the later part of the wave, probably because they had the molds. And they were like, yeah, let's just release this. So it was like an ancillary Batman Returns figure that came out. Okay. So, Hey, Baron, do you have any comics for today? <laughs> yes, as you know, I enjoy the orange felines. Yes, and last time I read Garfield, that lazy layabout feline who hates the Mondays and loves lasagna, you see. But... Uh, I found another orange cat, another orange feline, creamsicle-colored feline that uh, is in these comic strips called a Heathcliff. I've had a Heathcliff bar before. It was quite tasty. They're very good. Yes, scrubbed for lessons it was. It was delicious. Now, uh, speaking of chocolate bars, when you have too many of them, one might go to the gymnasium to exercise, you see, to get fit, to be buff, to attract the fair sex, if you will. Yeah, so, I just found it. Yes. Oh, you found the figurine that I Mr. Did. Smitty was talking about. 50 bucks on open, $7 loose. Oh, $7. Oh, yes. oh, that's the figure. Is that the figure you remember, Smitty? Yep, that's the one. I remember a kid playing with it at the lunch table. Well, again, if you have too much to eat at the lunch table, you have to go to the gymnasium. You have to get fit. Now, this gym, we see a woman sitting behind the desk. Looks fit, wearing a plaid shirt and... She is talking to Heathcliff, and in the foreground we see a rack full of, I believe they are called dumbbells. They look to be uh, a weighted material, and uh, we see these two mice walking out of their mouse hole, and they are chiseled. They are jacked as fuck, as some people would say, and they're walking over to these dumbbells. And the woman seems to be telling Heathcliff, I hope you're up to it. The mouse is <laughs> Heathcliff is fat. He's got his work cut out for him. Yes. Good read, yeah, Baron. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, I I do love a good cat comic. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So well, well done. Well Thanks done. for adding that. You know, we've been really, you know, missing of course with Porcupine about you know that third comic and. I've been trying to pull my weight, you see. Now I believe you ended this with some remark from uh, film for cinema. Directed by George Lucas, who's a hack. He wouldn't listen to my baby brother, Irvin Kirshner's words. Irvin said, screw you, Mr. Lucas. I'm doing the greatest movie in your shitty saga. The Empire Strikes Back. Too bad Irvin Kirshner, my baby brother, did not heed his own advice on the film called RoboCop 2. Terrible film. I told him when I saw it. Opening day. Premiere. Nuke is a terrible name for a drug. Who would take a drug that has killed so many? Devastation. 
Who would take that? Put it in the body. Yes. I said, rubbish. Rubbish, I said. Robin. Well, okay. There's your thoughts on your baby brother. Okay. Whew. Now this is podcasting. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.